0: This is the unofficial Vegas podcast. What are we going to talk about today, Hazer?
1: Well, today we got a very special guest. Our good buddy Jeff Walker is back with us. How are you doing, Jeff?
2: I'm uh, I'm surviving, doing okay, living yeah. through these crazy times that we're we're living <laughs> through. How about you guys?
1: We're doing okay. like like you. We're surviving. The, you know the best that we can. Um, we wanted to have you back on because the last time we met, we had uh, a great chat before we started recording about. Uh, Life and Times of the Vegas Golden Knights, the uh, the hockey team in Vegas that we're all fans of, and we've loved watching that franchise come to life, and um, we thought it'd be a good time to have a chat about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you say that. I The years that I worked in radio, as used to joke, some of the best conversations happened uh, off the air, <laughs> <Yeah>. which... <laughs> was how that one kind of came about. We, uh, we, we just sort of started chatting and, and of course, you know, three Canadian guys, you get them together, whether it's, uh, (laughs) in, in a room in person or online virtually. And, and the conversation is going to turn to hockey (laughs) and, and it did. And, and, and you guys said, you know what, we, we were thinking about doing an episode about the the golden Knights. And I said, well, if you do let me know, I'd, I'd love to be a part of it. So here we are.
0: Yeah. And, that and it, it got triggered by the your backdrop on your video which people can't see right now but it's
1: full of Vegas jerseys Oh yeah you got a couple jerseys yeah yeah very yeah. nice
2: I I have a uh I have a bit of a problem when it comes to <laughs> hockey jerseys um much to my wife's chagrin um anytime I see a new jersey of some sort I, I, I have to have it. So, I mean, there's, there's really only two official Vegas golden Knights jerseys, but somehow I have like five. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Again, it's a problem. I'd, I'd be down in Vegas. I'd walk into uh, into the arsenal at uh, at, at T-Mobile and I'd look and go, Oh, look, there's a new military appreciation Jersey. Well, I have to have that. <laughs> and well, and that, way- Otherwise, that was just how it, how it
1: happened. So otherwise the collection that's just missing it's missing something. You can't Well have exactly. That. No, I'm no.
2: really upset I never managed to get my hands on one of the uh, the St. Patrick's Day jerseys. That was that I I was never there for the timing to be right ah. and and so that's out of my collection. That's really the only one that I'm missing. It's really it the St. Patrick's Day jersey. Yeah. It really was. It was terrible planning on my part, quite <laughs> frankly.
1: <Yeah. laughs> the the thing that amazes me about the franchise is that I don't know about you guys, but when we first heard that Vegas was getting a hockey team, I mean, it was kind of you know you looked around to your buddies, all your hockey fans that you know, and you're kind of like, really Vegas? Like, they, well, why why would they try to put hockey in Vegas? Is it I gonna had, work?
0: I personally had my doubts, and I was kind of you know, I've already I had my my mind made up about this as soon as they announced it was Vegas. I was kind of annoyed because of Gary Bettman's seemingly annoyance with Canada for for anything that involves <laughs> hockey franchises and we've we've seen it with Phoenix when they when Arizona was in trouble um I, I forget his name I think it was Jim Balsillie he tried to buy the team and move it to Hamilton well Bedman kiboshed that it's happened another few instances where teams were in trouble and the states and there could have been a relocation over to Canada and didn't happen and when Vegas announced, well, Quebec City was also in a running for a fran- uh, an expansion franchise. And, you know, Quebec was seemingly a good fit. They already have a brand. They had a new arena. I think they had some government funding. Uh, so they were essentially set to go. And Vegas was picked. So I was like, really? You're picking Vegas for <laughs> hockey over like, a, a, a French-Canadian... Place that has history of hockey, like it just blew my mind. And now with Seattle getting a franchise, I'm even still scratching my head. But again, this is Mr. Bettman at work. So, anyways, having said that, like, how is this even possible? Though three seasons in the for Vegas, the first season they lose in the Stanley Cup Finals as an expansion team,
1: unbelievable.
0: With 109 points, that 51 wins, unbelievable. And then, seriously, last year, they could have probably gone far if it hadn't been for a really bad call in uh, what was, I think it was game seven against the Sharks. It was yes, a, yes, you know, that's a, right. a five minute major that led to four power play goals, and they lose yeah. the game uh, after they were up 3 nothing, I believe. Uh, so, anyways, like just amazing. And even this year, falling to Dallas, but again, a good series they could have. Again, gone like this.
2: What, this Close is an expansion team. Yeah. I, I you know, even as a as a Vegas fanatic, um, I was in the same boat as as you guys in that when they first announced the franchise, I, I thought, okay, clearly again, I, I was mildly annoyed. I mean, I knew they had a brand new state of the art arena. T Mobile had been built. 100% with private money, which I'm a huge fan of. I cannot stand public money going into building sports arenas. It drives me absolutely insane. I mean, living here in Calgary, we've been going through that for the last couple of years yep. with the the Calgary flames needing a new arena. Yes. And I, I don't deny they need a new arena. The saddle dome is a crap hole. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, there's no question. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, It's terrible. I think it's, I want to say it's the oldest building in the league now, not including Madison square garden because Madison square garden had like a billion and a half dollar renovation a few years ago. So technically I think it's the second oldest building in the league, but having been in other NHL arenas in Winnipeg and in Toronto and in even Vancouver um, and of course, Vegas seeing what they have in those state of the art buildings you know they're so much more wide open and and spacious and beautiful, and I mean of course, the saddle domes going through the issues of the roof can't well the roof is the the saddle shaped roof, and there's issues when concerts are coming to town, things like that, and of course the new building up in Edmonton, same deal, beautiful, spacious, amazing, but they want government money to help build that arena. Unfortunately they're getting it, but that's a totally different discussion for an entirely different (laughs) podcast altogether. But um, so you kind of knew with them building that arena that that was going to happen. They were, they were gunning for an NHL franchise when it was announced. I thought, okay, this, this is, I had two fears about it. Fear. Number one was that the building would be full of nothing but tourists. That was, that was fear. Number one. Fear number two was that the building would be empty, much like, say, somewhere (laughs) like Phoenix, (laughs) where you you can on a on a game day in Phoenix, hop on StubHub or even on legitimate ticket sales sites and get yourself a a decent ticket for a game to see a decent team for 15 or 20 dollars. You know, or, 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 or somewhere like Florida where you're, you're buying a six pack of, of Coke or a 12 pack of Coke and they, they're giving you free game tickets with the 12 pack of Coke. Like that was my fear with Vegas is that it, it just. It was going to be a, an absolute dumpster fire uh, of a of a situation, and save for the fact that they they had a good expansion draft and a good team, I suspect that if they hadn't had a good team, that would have been the situation.
0: Well, and you've mentioned the arena itself. My my suspicions were Nassau Coliseum for the Islanders as the oldest, which it is. Madison, uh, well, actually, it's Madison Square Garden is the oldest. I be, hang on here. Let me confirm that. No, it's <laughs> so it is Nassau is the oldest, then Madison Square Garden, and then Saddle Dome. Oh, wow. But very close in in that they're pretty much almost the the same age.
2: But are the Islanders are the Islanders even still playing in Nassau Coliseum or are right they, now there's, they're there in Barclays Center? Aren't they're they? They're
0: splitting time between the two from Barclays ah, okay. and, uh, until the new one is is built. Gotcha. But the the newer the T Mobile arena in Vegas, from what I've read, is that they've the people who designed the arena, they went across all other NHL arenas and observed how these were built and what they liked and what they didn't like and took all these good concepts and built this arena. And I've had some friends that have gone there and, if, and Jeff, obviously you've gone there as well. They say it's it's nothing like any other arena you've been in. It's just, it it has all the best pieces of arenas combined into this amazing place. Like the sound, everything is just perfect.
2: It's, it, I would say it's probably, I mean, it makes sense. You're in literally the entertainment capital of the world. And so it makes sense that they would want to have this building that. Is, is the best building for anything. I mean, yeah. it's it's the best building for hockey. It's probably, I would go out on a limb and say it's probably one of the best buildings in the world as far as concerts and shows. It's so configurable. The The sound in this building, when you go to a hockey game, I mean, I, again, I've been to games at, at arenas all over the NHL, but when you go to a game at T-Mobile and they have a DJ spinning music in there and you can feel the bass in your chest. Like you're sitting, you're sitting at the, in your seat and yes. it's, it's literally taking your breath away. Amazing. Um, the, the, the scoreboard that they've got in there is just, it's amazing. It's, it's like sitting in your living room, watching a giant 4k screen. It's, it's, inc- and, I, and I have a, suspicion and don't quote me on this, but I feel like it's the biggest scoreboard in the NHL or the highest definition or something like that. Like it's, it's one of those things like they sunk bank into this building and, and they did it right. I mean, they brought in various um, as far as food vendors and things like that. They've brought in different restaurants and, and things like that from around the, the, the city in the place. So you've got There's, I think there's a Shake Shack. I want to say there's Shake Shack inside the building Uh so you can get that food in addition to your standard chicken fingers and fries and nachos and cheese and, and the usual arena kind of food. Um, it would make sense to me that they would do that and go around the the league and see the other arenas and get an idea of what's good and what's not. Because it's again, I've never been in a place like this arena. It's it's incredible. It's just amazing. The, the bizarre thing that I always find about it when you go to a hockey game there, you kind of forget where you are. You know, like, you know, when you go to a a hockey game and you're sitting there and, and this is, I mean, the American listeners are for the most part are not going to understand this, but Canadian listeners, if you grew up in the prairies and you ever went to a game in Edmonton or Calgary or Winnipeg, you get this. You know, that when that, that, that horn goes at the end of the third period, you're walking out to your car. It's 40 below. (laughs) It's the dead of February. You're going to freeze your ass off. You're going to sit in traffic for 40 minutes just waiting to back your car out of the parking spot. All of that stuff. You kind of forget that you're in Las Vegas, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> when, when that game is done and you walk out the front of the, the, the T-Mobile, you're standing in the courtyard looking at, at Park MGM and New York, New York, and the park is right there with all those restaurants that you could go to after the game and all the bars and I like you just kind of forget. And the weirdest is when it's like you're there near the end of the season in say April or near the start of the season in October and you walk out of the hockey game and it's 80 degrees out. That's, that's really bizarre for a a Canadian kid that grew up going to Winnipeg Jets games at the old Winnipeg arena in, in Winnipeg in, in February. It's just so bizarre.
1: Well, this is, this leads back to your fears that you were talking about where it just, you know, Vegas doesn't seem like a, like a hockey town. So this idea that like who who's gonna go like is the is the town gonna get behind it is it gonna be filled with tourists or is it gonna be empty what's gonna go on and I I had the same fears until I went on a trip before the team actually started and as, as soon as I mentioned that I was from Canada like cab drivers bus drivers waiters bartenders they all wanted to know about the NHL they all wanted to like and they all wanted me know to know about their team. What do you think about our our golden Knights? We can't wait. We're going to, we can't wait to go to the game and follow the league. Like really? And that, and so I thought, okay, maybe they got a chance. Like if the, if the, the the locals actually buy into this team, because we know they're going to have a great arena. We know what's going to be, you know, it's a great location. Like you said, it's just, are they going to have the passion for the sport and the team to make this thing go? And, and the thing that I kind of realized is that it's the only game in town. Like Vegas has been on the short list for expansions in all kinds of leagues, uh, most notably yeah, the N- NFL, and uh-huh. but other sports teams as well. They have minor league sports teams that always do fairly good. So this was the first time when someone actually said, "Yeah, we can do this. We can put professional league team in this city and and make it work." And boy, have they ever made it work!
0: Well, you're right. The only other ticket in town, I think, is the 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 minor league baseball team. And I forget the name of them, but.
2: The, uh, the
1: aviators. Yeah. Oh, the aviators. Yeah. <clears throat>
2: yeah. Yeah. They, you know, it was really interesting and, and I got this from, and, and you're right. Like I went through the exact same thing as you did Fred with, um, uh, when, when you would, you'd land and you'd get in an Uber or, or, or you'd be talking to people in a restaurant or whatever. And they'd ask, where are you from? And you say, oh, I'm from Canada. Oh, did you hear we're getting a hockey team? did you hear? Yeah, Yeah, they're going to be. And this was even before they had named the team or anything. They're just like, did you hear? We're going to have a hockey team. I'm so looking forward to this It's going to be awesome. You'll have to come back and watch hockey. And, and it was, it was such, I was like you, I was kind of like, you know, this, this might work. Then I got a little bit worried in, it was the, it was after they had announced the logo and the team name and it must've been, it was before they started playing and and before jerseys and stuff like that, because I was down there and I went on the hunt trying to find merchandise. And I had a hell of a time finding Vegas Golden Knights merchandise. And I thought to myself, if they can't get themselves together to try to build some hype around this team by selling hats or t-shirts or hockey pucks or, or anything, they are going to have a hell of a time getting this team started and generating any kind of interest in the team that that trip. I think I managed to find a t-shirt at like the souvenir shop at, at, it was still the Monte Carlo at the time. It just a plain black t-shirt with a golden Knights logo on it. And that was wow. it. That was the only merch I could find and and I just thought like you guys are really gonna have a tough time and I thought like they should be banners all over that square around t-Mobile and there you should be able to walk five feet without tripping over somebody wearing a golden knights t-shirt and there was just nothing and I thought, uh boy this is this could be a little dicey if they can't generate some interest. well, what's interesting when you
0: talk about merchandise is that you go anywhere, Canada, the States, you're any city you're in, you're gonna find people wearing Yankees caps or Red Sox caps, and or whatever that's belonging to that franchise. The same, I think, goes for for the Habs. The Habs are probably the most sold jersey in the NHL outside of like in the States. If you go to any arena. Most of the arenas will be, if Montreal is, is the visiting team, most of the fans in that building are going to be Habs fans. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's there's a following there. There's history. So obviously that's where that's from. Even with Vegas, like you walk around Ottawa, there's there's people wearing Vegas stuff everywhere. All the like, time. Why, I why the time. is this happening? And even myself as a, you know, I've been a Habs fan since I was a kid. And I, I the little part of me is sort of pulling for Vegas. I'm like, why, why is this happening to me? Like, not that I'm a fan, but you kind of, you kind of follow them a little bit.
1: And this is the thing that I wasn't expecting is that, is that there's a, there's a kind of this perfect marriage between the brand of Las Vegas as a city. And I think a hockey team in particular. So when, you know, a kid who's, you know, playing road hockey around us and, you know, growing up watching their local team, They've heard that they've heard of this place called Las Vegas. Right. So there's always there's already this image in your mind of what this, you know, super lit up, crazy travel place is. And so when you kind of marry that with the idea that it's got a hockey team with a cool looking logo, throw in some major success, some major early success in the franchise's history. And then you've got a perfect storm, like it's got everything that you want.
2: And it's one of those weird opportunities too. I think that not a lot of people get to get in on the ground floor as a fan with a team without being a bandwagon jumper yes if that makes yeah. sense yeah. i know in the first season when they were making their way into the playoffs and i was walking around work and walking around town wearing my golden knights jersey and people would be like oh you're hopping on the golden knights bandwagon and i would look at them and go you know what f you i owned a t-shirt before they even had a player <laughs> the,
1: one, the one and only t-shirt apparently the, the one and
2: only t-shirt available in las vegas anywhere I had that t-shirt before they even signed a single player. So screw you and your bandwagon jumping (laughs) you a hole. That was, those were the words that came out of my (laughs) mouth when that happened. So I think it was for people outside of Las Vegas, it was a rare opportunity for people to, as I say, get in on the ground floor of a team as a fan. I as a 45-year-old guy cannot all of the sudden out of the blue start cheering for Montreal. That yeah. I don't think that's a thing. It's it's just I don't think it's allowed, quite frankly. I don't <laughs> think they'd have me. So it, that's whereas when it's a brand new team, same deal with Seattle, man. I'm not going to lie. I love the city of Seattle. I've been there a bunch of times. I have friends that live there. You bet your ass as soon as those Kraken jerseys come available, I am buying a home and an away Kraken jersey. That's that's happening. Nice. And I will cheer for Seattle. Simple as that. I will cheer for them below Las Vegas and Winnipeg. Those are my my number 1 and number 2, but that's that's it. Again, it's that rare opportunity to get in on the ground floor with a team as a fan and not be a bandwagon jumper. Well, I'm wondering
0: too, I mean, I think one of the things one of the reasons why the team uh, had an instant following. Um, and, and a lot of people say this because they're one of their picks in the expansion draft is Marc-Andre Fleury, which although the relationship seems a little bit broken with them now. Um, yeah. But at first when he, he was the, the main pick of the draft, he's got the the personality. He's always smiling, you know, when he's kind of, so he became like the heart and soul of the team. And I think that impacted, A lot of fans, a lot of people. I saw a lot of flurry merchandise here in Ottawa. And, you know, he's not from here, but I think that that significantly impacted the team. And what is strange, and this comes back to Batman for me, is that they changed the way the expansion draft functions specifically to try to give Vegas more of a competitive edge after selecting their team because... I mean, let's face it, whenever there was another expansion draft, like when Ottawa came into the league, the quality of players that were available for Vegas was above and beyond anything any other expansion draft team has ever had available to them. So to me, it, again, it just seems a little fishy. The, the, all of a sudden, they're tweaking the rules for Vegas. This is it because they wanted to give them the best fighting chance at surviving as a franchise? And not giving a really crappy team to start off with, would they have had the same following as they as they do now? I guess we won't know. But
2: I, you know what, you're right because I think Ottawa that first year, what is it, twelve games that they won or eight games yeah, or something that, that first, first season? <laughs> like, yeah. I, And I think you're right. I I think that if if Vegas had gone in there with just an absolute dumpster fire of a team, um, it, it, it wouldn't have been the same. You wouldn't have had the the same you, you might have had that level of curiosity about the team um, and about the sport. That was something that I noticed on a lot of different um, Facebook pages, um, Vegas related Facebook pages, where there's a lot of people from Europe and from the UK who travel to Las Vegas. This was their opportunity to see a hockey game, or as they they so annoyingly to us Canadians call it, an ice hockey game. Um, <laughs> it's it's just hockey, folks. There's, yeah, there's you don't there's no have ice. There's no I, there's ice, but you don't. I mean, what are you confusing it for? Field hockey. Let's be honest here. Come on, people. Um, but yeah, so this was their first opportunity to be able to see a hockey game and experience the sport. So I think th- there may have still been that level of curiosity, but there certainly wouldn't have been the level of uh local engagement for sure. That's th- I noticed a shift as the year went on that first season. I had a chance to go to, I think I went to three games that first year and I noticed a real shift from the first game that I went to that was early in the year where it was, I would say, probably a 60-40 split of tourists versus locals. The next game I went to was a Winnipeg Jets game. That's not even a fair comparison. That place was jammed full of Winnipeg Jets jerseys. Um, But then the next game I went to was a Tampa Bay Lightning game, and it was mostly locals. And it was a lot of Golden Knights fans. And and I was cool. was very happy to see that and and see that local engagement happening. Yeah. Cool. You
0: know, I have to tell you, you brought up the the ice hockey. And it reminded me of this story <laughs> a couple of years ago when we were in New York City. And we were we took one of those double decker buses and you go around and they give you a little tour, and they the guy talks to you and you got your hair, your hair your uh, Earbuds in, you can listen to him. And we were getting close to Madison Square Garden. And he said, this is where the New York Knicks play. And then he, I quote, he said, they also play a sport called ice hockey in there. I'm like, <laughs> what? The I'm most like, successful, yeah. But it's the, like, <laughs> it's an original tell me 16. The, the, the Rangers don't have, like the Rangers have an amazing following. Like it's one of the most oh, yeah. successful friends, but but he still said it that way to, to let people know that they, they play
2: ice that's hockey funny. in
0: here as if everybody was like, what is that?
2: What is that sport? So what's that, that ice sport? What is that? hockey that, that I've, I've heard of it. That Maybe. Was
1: yeah,
2: that's incredible.
1: So Jeff, you're the one guy, like you said, who's been to a golden Knights game. Let's, let's talk some logistics. Uh, how do you get tickets? What, what's the best way to get tickets for the game? Is it just box office call ahead buy ahead, internet? What do you recommend? I've,
2: I've done, um, I've always done the stub hub thing, StubHub? quite okay. frankly, um, and game a uh, day of, I should say. Um, and I've managed to score some all right deals for ticket prices. I don't think I've ever paid more than I want to say maybe 50 bucks for a ticket us, which I mean, really, when you think about it and I've had, I mean, let's face it, this building, the way it's built, there is not a bad seat in the house. Um, I will usually, I prefer to sit higher up. I find you can see more of the arena, more of the building. I, I find like I've sat at games where you've sat, like I've actually sat at the glass at a hockey game. Quite frankly, I don't understand what the excitement is about because you're only seeing the 15 feet in front of you. And for the rest of the game, you're, you're staring up at the screen, trying to watch it. Agreed. It's it's not that great. I would rather sit high up and watch the the play unfold and watch everything go. Um, yeah, I've done StubHub uh, for cool. tickets, and then I've I've got friends that have season tickets as well, so I've been able to get season tickets through them or get tickets from them. Um, but yeah, StubHub I've always found has kind of been the best. And again, as I say, day of. Uh, quite honestly, unless you're going in there if you're going in there for a game that is a, a high demand team, like, um, any of the Western Canadian teams, um, you know, your Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver games, those are, are sometimes a little bit more expensive. Um, Toronto is an expensive ticket. Generally any of the big American teams, your Boston, your New York Rangers, they're, they're big. Um, the California teams, that rivalry, of course, is huge with sure. San Jose, L.A., yeah. Anaheim, and it's close enough that people are coming. Amazingly enough, Phoenix, not hard to get tickets to see the Phoenix Coyotes play <laughs> in uh, in Vegas. Weird. That's, yeah, <laughs> no, it's like the closest team that's weird. <laughs> very weird how that is. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been, that's been my, my best bet and has always been my tip for tickets is, is just check StubHub. Um, that's, that's usually the best bet. Yeah. The,
0: uh, the cheapest tickets are probably the
2: Calgary Winnipeg games. Uh, <laughs>
0: uh,
2: I bought the Calgary tickets on the day of, and I think I paid 35 bucks for a ticket. Nice. I went on my own, worked out. Perfect. That's nice. a good value. Uh, like that's, that's it, pretty reasonable. It, it, Yeah. And I mean, I waited almost until the very last minute to buy a ticket. So, you know, that people people get a little twitchy when it's starting to get within like an hour or two of the game. If they still are holding on to tickets and trying to sell them, they'll start dropping the tickets just to 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 make anything off of the the ticket. They'll start dropping the price. But uh, but yeah, I I think the cheapest I paid, I think I paid thirty dollars for to see the Buffalo Sabres play. And it was a great game. It was a really good game, actually. Tickets for tonight. Uh, no, I use no. Uh, StubHub stub and, uh, flash. Oh, you think they'd have tickets and tickets for tonight or is it no, only shows? No, no, t- Ticks for no. tonight is only does shows. They, okay. they don't do the hockey at all. Okay.
1: What about uh, transportation? Do you normally walk there from a local hotel or do you Uber or drive yourself or what do you recommend? I, there? I walk,
2: um, okay. when I've gone, I mean, most of the time I've been, st- any of the time I've gone, I've been staying, on the strip somewhere. Okay. Um, So I'll usually just make my way there. Um, You know, the big thing that I always recommend to people is everybody kind of thinks, you know what? Well, I'll grab a bite to eat before I go to the game. Open table, make a reservation before you go, because if you don't, you are not getting in anywhere. It's absolutely jammed. (laughs) I mean, you got to think these places are busy enough dinner time on a Friday night anyways. You throw in 18,000 people who are going to a hockey game. They want to eat somewhere. They want a pregame. They want to drink somewhere. So I've always mentioned or always uh, recommended to people to, you know, it seems silly in Vegas. I don't know why this is, but it's only been on the last few trips that I've done where I've started making reservations for places to eat. Oh, yeah. And it it seems silly i don't know why i guess you just kind of figure there's enough places that if some, one place is busy i'll go somewhere else but for an event like this it's like okay the game is at 7 you want to get there a little bit early because they do some pregame stuff in the um in the courtyard outside of the arena um the uh the cheerleaders and the uh and and chance the the mascot and the golden knight they do and the drum bots do a whole walkthrough parade thing through new new york new york and out the side and through the courtyard and into the arena so you kind of you want to be there to actually be involved with that um there's a lot of great pregame entertainment outside as well so you want to make sure that you're if you're into all of that, you want to make sure you're there to take all that in. So, I mean, game time at 7 o'clock or 6.30 or whatever, you can get there at 4 in the afternoon and kill two hours with absolutely no problem at all. Oh, that'd it's, be fun. It's fantastic. If goes to New York,
0: New York, too, you can watch the uh, put a buck in my cup guy.
2: <laughs> if he's around, yeah. He, I think he he's still there, won't right? shut he's the you-know-what up. <laughs> like, <it's,
1: laughs> I keep putting a buck in his cup. He won't shut keep up. Yeah. Putting, he won't shut he up. Come shut on. Up
2: yeah uh
0: so here's my question if you know it's Vegas, so when you're in that arena, is there any kind of sports book gambling slots in the arena?
2: Nothing in the arena that I've ever seen or noticed oh, um, Shocking. Um, it it kind of is and i have a i have a suspicion it's it's probably there's probably some legislation there specifically surrounding the sports book stuff i mean vegas has been a tough sell to the pro leagues because of sports betting and i think there was i i and rightfully so, I would imagine there was probably some concern there about um, players betting on games and the possibility of potential corruption within within pro sports due to people betting. Now that there's sports betting everywhere in the U.S., it really doesn't matter now at this point. But I can't I, again. I. I've never noticed slot machines in the arena Um, thinking about it. No, I've never, and I've been in a few different spots in there. Like I've been, they have a, What's essentially a nightclub uh, on the upper level, um, Hyde Ultra Lounge, or I think it's Hyde Ultra Lounge. They have a whole area that's basically a nightclub with tables where they do bottle service and everything like that during the games. They maybe have video poker at the bar tops, but I've I I never noticed it mm-hmm. when I was up there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I've never I've never noticed it in there.
0: I think maybe the, the only place you can place a couple of bets is in uh, Pete Rose's private box, maybe.
2: maybe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's true. You you make a good point. This is one of the reasons why (laughs) Vegas has struggled so long to get major, major league franchises because of the gambling issue. But I guess, like you said, because sports books are basically everywhere. You can gamble on sports anywhere you want. You
0: can walk out of the arena and go next door. I'm sure and place a few bets if you wanted to.
1: Well, but this is the, yeah, but this is why they, they wanted to keep these teams. You know, they didn't want to have an entire franchise of players and coaches, you know, (laughs) doing business right in a city that lives by gambling and betting on sports, you know? Yeah. But I guess for whatever reason, and, and maybe that's a league rule as well, where they don't want actually any gambling taking place in the arena. I don't know.
2: But yeah. It's, it's I'm, not, world, I'm not sure. It it very, it could be, could be a multitude of things, but yeah, yeah, as I say, I've never, I've never noticed it. Especially with the props and side bets.
0: You don't want guys like between the, between periods <laughs> with the display in the locker and saying, <laughs> What, what kind of my odds am I getting here? I got to score two goals? Or what, what are my odds? What are my odds?
1: <laughs> What's Vegas saying? Do you guys think that what we're seeing is just kind of, um, you know, a rookie success that that they're riding this early wave and then it won't be sustained? Or do you think that this is the real deal? Like
0: a honeymoon and the franchise phase going kind
1: of to be Yeah, like is it just a honeymoon phase? Or is this franchise really going to make it long-term?
2: I, I feel like they are going to be long-term. Um, You know, in, in talking to people down there and my friends down there and people who are fans of this team, they are, they are, they're black and gold through and through, you know, the biggest thing, and this was kind of what I, I got out of it from them was, and it comes back to something that, that you had said a little bit earlier, Fred was this is their team, right? They, they. This isn't a team that relocated from somewhere. This. This isn't you know like the Raiders who have moved from from L.A. This isn't as if the the Arizona Coyotes packed up and moved up the the highway and and came to to Vegas. This is their team. This is a to use their own expression, a Vegas-born team. And so many of the people that I talk to, I've got friends that live there who are. LA fans or who are Anaheim fans or, or whatever. And for them, the big thing that they've always said is this is the first time that I have a team that I can call my own, that I can cheer for that is from my city. And they absolutely love it. You know, this, this is their, this is their team. And, and they're, they're never going to let that go. and, even during the rough patches and even, you know, last season was not great. And, and I think it was more realistic than the first season was as far as the way it should go for expansion teams. But I think they, even through the tough times, they said, you know what, this is our team and we're, we're Vegas born through and through. We love this team. So I, I feel like it's a long-term thing. I I can't see them going anywhere.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I, I think this is the thing that surprised me the most with this franchise is the amount of local um, local pride, I guess it would say, in the franchise. You know, you kind of, you, you look at Vegas as being exclusively a tourist town, but there are a ton of people who live in that city and are very proud to say that they live in that city mm-hmm. uh, and work there and work the strip and keep the place going. So yeah, so there's, there's a lot of ownership and I think that's that's the key thing right there. I mean, you know, if you don't have that, I think you're in trouble, but... Everywhere I look in Vegas, I see a lot of local pride in that team. So I think they got a good shot.
2: Well, and, and another thing coming back to that local pride too, and this was a a conversation I had with, um, with the guys from, with Ken from, um, Sinbin Vegas podcast. And, and he had said, you know, the big thing is people from Las Vegas travel places, just like people from anywhere else in the U S or in Canada do. And they like to show off their own local pride when they travel. And prior to this, they didn't have (coughs) that option or opportunity. Like what is somebody is a Las Vegas local going to travel to New York city and walk up Broadway wearing a t-shirt with the welcome to Las Vegas sign on the front of it. No, even if they did,
1: you'd assume they were tourists, not from the city, you know,
2: you'd you'd assume that they at some point had gone to Vegas, had gone to one of those crap souvenir shops in the middle of wherever and paid $7 for a T-shirt. That's that's what you would assume. Now they've got that ability. And even the Raiders, I mean, if they travel places wearing Raiders gear, you may, you probably, people are just going to assume that they're Raiders fans from before. Yeah. And they're wearing LA Raiders or Oakland Raiders stuff or whatever it is. This is something that is through and through Las Vegas. And as you say, they've got that local pride that they can show by wearing a hat that's got a Vegas Golden Knights logo on it, because for the most part, the only people that are wearing that stuff are the real diehard, either real diehard fans or people from Las Vegas. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. So I think for those of us that are hockey fans, there's definitely some enticements to go check out a Vegas Golden Knights game what about someone that's listening to this and they aren't necessarily a hockey fan, but they're kind of curious. What should they expect by going to a golden Knights game?
2: It, it is a, an in-game experience like you've never experienced. Um, I mean, there's, there's hockey. Sure. But being that it's Las Vegas, the hockey is almost secondary to everything else going on in the arena during the game. That's a show. You've, it it is. It's a show. I mean, right from the get go, anybody that watched the NHL playoffs that that first season that the Knights were playing, they showed those pregame demonstrations or pregame uh, performances that they put on yeah. ahead of time with the guys skating around the ice and 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 you know shooting quote unquote flaming arrows and and sword fights in the middle of the rink and and they've got the the um, the castle. The fortress, as they call it, in the in the one end of the arena, where they've got the drum bots—these guys in in LED lights playing drums—and you know, pre-game they always have celebrities come out and 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 blow the horn, the big siren that they have. And I mean, it's it's literally any Vegas celebrity that you can think of has has blown that siren from Wayne Newton to Carrot Top to Donnie and Marie to <laughs> to, to Lil John to to Flavor Flav to you name it like they've been there and done it and and so you've got that and then you've got video vignettes during the game and you've got a DJ that's playing music in in between whistles and and then I mean intermission let's like <laughs> you're in Las Vegas and the intermission, the, the, the intermission is presented by MGM Resorts generally. So you've got, I mean, I've been there and seen Blue Man Group perform during the intermission. Oh, wow. I've seen Cirque du Soleil performances during the intermission. I mean, you go to a game in Canada, what do you get in the intermission? Timbits hockey and human bowling. Yeah. That's, that's what happens. <laughs> and if you're lucky, it's human bowling, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's when we're all getting beer, so yeah.
2: It's, it's, it's a, it's a totally different experience. So, I mean, even if you are, if you have never been to a hockey game before, I would say if you have an opportunity to go to a Vegas golden Knights game, that's where you want to go. That's what you want to go see.
1: Well, the, the good thing about hockey, but the game of hockey is that other than a couple of strange rules, like, like any sport, you have to know the rules, but I think hockey is such a fast moving sport. There's so much energy going on. There aren't a lot of stoppages in play. It's it's a really easy game to watch in person without really knowing what's going on, you know. Unlike baseball, like if you don't follow baseball, but baseball is a sport that really really needs you to kind of know what's going on to pay attention. It's a very leisurely pace, boring at times, um, but that's <laughs> yeah. not the case with hockey. Like hockey is, you're gonna see these guys flying around on the ice, you know, bodies colliding. Um, lots of sound. It's a really easy game to watch, even if you don't follow the sport. So that's why I think it'd be great to go check it out.
2: It's like you say with baseball. I mean, I've been to baseball games. I'm not a baseball fan. I will not watch baseball on television. It it bores the living hell out of me, <laughs> but to go to a game in person, for me it's the experience yeah. right i mean i have i've been to a mariners game in seattle i i when we were in new york last summer we we made the effort we bought tickets and went to a yankees game because you just have to that you you just have to do that. It, it's I, I've trips to Phoenix. I've gone to spring training games because that's fun and it's you know fifteen bucks a ticket and it's cheap and it's a a good day out at the ballpark. I'm not there for the game. I'm there for the uh, for me at a at a baseball game. It's like my recommendation for people to go to a hockey game. It's the experience of it, it to go and see it. But you're right. Hockey is so fast and so exciting, and that's that's always the comment that I'll get from people afterwards, when I've recommended to go to a game and they've never been to a game before and they they'll message me afterwards and be like, oh, my God, that was the fastest thing I've ever seen in my life. That that was the fastest three hours of my life. Those guys are six foot five and two hundred and sixty pounds and they're moving at 40 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour up and down the rink. Holy shit. And and it's just such an amazing, uh, amazing experience. And it's fun to to get that response back from people.
0: Well, my wife is a perfect example of that. She will not sit and watch a game with me on TV, but a few times a year, I go to a Habs game in Montreal, and sometimes she'll come with me. And she likes going to the game because, like you said, it's just the experience, the noise, the the music. Uh, We went to a playoff game one year, and I mean, unbelievable! It's just it's the best. And so to go in and experience that in Vegas must be pretty cool.
2: I went the first game I went to I was on I was with a a friend from Vegas and we went to the game and then the next game that I went to uh, my wife's been to two Winnipeg Jets Vegas Golden Knights games in Vegas with me. And the first one she went to afterwards, it was like, she just had the biggest grin on her face after the game. Even though Winnipeg got absolutely creamed in that game, it was horrible, (laughs) but they, she, she had such a good time and just enjoyed the whole experience of it. Like it it was just incredible. And, and with that, I should mention too, that you know, the, the thing that I've noticed about the fans in Vegas they are, they could be honorary Canadians. They are so friendly. And, and for the most part, I mean, there's, obvious, there's exceptions to the rule, obviously. Sure. But 99% are so friendly and so polite and so good to you. The first game that we went to, I mean, we're there in our Jets jerseys and we're screaming true north during the Canadian anthem along with all the other crazy Winnipeg fans. And they got hammered. They got just absolutely killed. At the end of the game, we're walking out. And people are patting us on the back going, oh man, you guys, you know, really, really sorry. Like that, you got, you'll do better next time. Like, you know, you'll, you'll get them next time. And, wow, and so, and shaking hands and friendly and, and even, you know, even Winnipeg did score, I think one goal that night, the Vegas Knights fans, they're, they're high-fiving the Jets fans. Like it's just such a different experience. Like if you were to go if I was to go to I, I don't know I'm just going to throw at the Toronto Montreal rivalry because it is a good one. If you walked into the arena in Toronto wearing a Montreal jersey, you're getting beaten to death.
1: Yes. <laughs> 100%. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, and it doesn't matter just, yeah. If it's that's 10 just nothing, how it goes. If it's 10 nothing and Toronto scores, it, there ain't nobody giving you a high five. They still hate your guts. There's right? no chance. <laughs> they want you to be they want you to lose by a hundred. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, I've yeah, been, like- I've been to to the Bell Center in Montreal waiting for to get into the building for, against the against the Boston Bruins, which is you know an epic rivalry in its own there, and like there there's security everywhere because sometimes they they actually have to stop fights from happening <laughs> outside the building even before <laughs> the game has
2: started. I I was at a Calgary Flames game a few years ago. It was a Calgary-Winnipeg game, and um, I'm there in my Jets jersey cheering away, and that's fine, whatever. Over, uh, far away, one of the other stands, there's a fight that breaks out. It's a fight between two Winnipeg Jets fans <laughs> at a Calgary Flames game, and they're getting into it. And I'm just sitting there going... You morons. Like, honestly, <laughs> like what is wrong with you? Um, it, it would be like I, the only thing that I could, other thing I could think of would be say a Philadelphia Pittsburgh yep. game. I mean, if you showed up in Philly wearing a pens Jersey, they're going to you to death with a bag of batteries. Like yep. that's, that's how it's going to go. It's not going to be fun in, in Philly. It's not going to be fun. So it was such a, a great experience and a fan experience to be there wearing the opposing team's Jersey and you're not worried for your safety. Like it was just <laughs> such a good experience. We went out to a restaurant afterwards, and people are coming up and, and oh, you're from Winnipeg. Oh, no, from Calgary with Jets fans. Oh, hey, welcome, blah, blah, blah. Like it was just, it's such an experience. Yeah, and there's cool. such great fans.
1: Very, very cool. One thing I would say too is um, if you're not sure, if you want to dish out the money to go see the Golden Knights, they have a minor league team now. H- Henderson has the Silver Knights. And one thing we used to like, I actually grew up in a town that had a, had an OHL team in it. And we used to go to the games all the time because A, it was dirt cheap and B, Uh the quality of these minor league games is, is, is really, really high such that, you know, if you really want to get a feel for whether or not it'd be worth going to the big leagues, you know, you can go to a minor league game and get a very similar experience scaled down, both in terms of budget and in, you know, size of the arena and that kind of thing. So that's something I want to do on on some trip is go go check out the Henderson team.
2: Well, and I mean that's your your AHL team. Those are your NHL players who are either on their way up or on the way down yeah they're they're just that one level right below nhl caliber and you're right i mean it it tends to be a, a much more reasonably priced experience than than paying for nhl hockey um i mean when i was living in winnipeg 96 we lost the jets the year after we got the manitoba moose um as the the at the time, it was the IHL, um, but it was the minor league hockey, and it was that minor league experience. And yeah, you'd pay fifteen or twenty bucks a ticket for a game, a game, and and you'd get really decent seats. And it, it just tended to be a, a, a more of a, a family experience. I know Golden Knights. My understanding is the last two years, f- speaking with a couple of casino hosts, they've said that Vegas Golden Knights tickets were some of the hottest commodities that they had they're high rollers asking for. Wow. You know, they're not asking for UFC fights. They're not asking for boxing matches. They're asking for tickets. They're asking for hockey tickets, which was just a crazy, crazy experience. That's great.
0: I think it just adds another sort of dimension to being in Vegas. And, you know, you can see your Cirque du Soleil shows. You can see all these kinds of things, but for a sports fan who is in Vegas, other than gambling and whatnot, and maybe going to play golf. What are you going to do? There's nothing else to uh-huh. do. So, being able to go see a hockey game just randomly, and even if you're not a Golden Knights fan, you know the ex- the experience that you describe, I would go. hundred
1: percent. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I. I mean, it's it, like I say, it's like going to a rock show. It's just, yeah. it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And if you catch it, one of the weekend games or one of the big games where they've got again, live entertainment out in the Plaza. Um, You know, it it just becomes such an amazing event. And it's not just the two and a half hours that you're at the game or the three hours that you're at the game. It's, as I say, if it's a game at seven o'clock, you go at four o'clock in the afternoon, hang out somewhere at a, at a bar, start catching some, some drinks and, and have a bite to eat and enjoy all the pregame stuff. It, it really is an experience that I, I can't recommend enough.
1: Yeah, this, yeah. I, I love this idea that they're, I mean, Seb, you talked about the fact that they went around the league looking at, you know, stadium ideas and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you did all of this kind of pre-show performances and stuff at, in Buffalo or Ottawa or these other places, it, it wouldn't, I'm not sure it would really work. It would just feel like it was kind of out of place with the brand. So I yeah. love that they were gutsy enough to say, you know what, this is Vegas. We're going to get the Blue Man Group. We're going to get Cirque du Soleil. We're going to, we're going to make this thing a show before, during and after. And it's absolutely working. I I think so many traditional hockey fans may have heard that they were doing this idea and thinking, ah, that's just, you know, it's the cheesy American idea of like, you know, too much spectacle. And it should be more about the hockey. But I think when you, when you see what they've done in terms of, you know, combining it with the brand of Las Vegas itself, to me, it's, it's just been a fantastic, uh, fantastic success. I hope it keeps going.
0: I think, uh, Fred on our next trip in, 2029, 20, when everything's <laughs> back to normal, we'll have to go see the, see the Golden yeah. Knights. I would, a, I, I would place.
1: absolutely go, especially if I can get a like a same day ticket for thirty bucks or thirty five bucks. Like that's completely reasonable. You can't do that here. I mean, you oh, no, know, I it's, mean, it, it's I, hard I to mean, do that. The, here.
0: the problem for me is going to Montreal, and the cheapest seat is usually
2: you usually pay around a hundred bucks 15? a ticket. That's what yeah. we're paying
0: mm-hmm. to go see a Habs game. Yeah, And that's, you pay a premium. And, and ironically, when I, whenever those Habs tickets go on sale at the beginning of the season, there's one day and like at 12 o'clock you go online and they put you in this virtual waiting room until it's your turn to buy. And I've been logged on at like, you know, 10 sharp. Okay. And it's my turn right away as soon as it goes on. And there's a few games like they, they have hockey in the afternoon. Uh, in February on Super Bowl weekend, so the families like the so those games go fast. But another game that always goes super fast the last couple of years has been the Vegas game. Whenever Vegas goes in Montreal, it just oh, really? sells like crazy, which amazing. is amazing. It's amazing. Like yeah, th- you're talking about an out of town team. That's that. There's no rivalry. There's conference. no. There's yeah. nothing there that other than the fact that it's. And I, obviously, it's new, so maybe people just want to see a new team. But it's a new team made up of a whole bunch of I don't want to say rejects from the other teams that, but guys that were oh, not protected, quality, you know, originally
1: rejects. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it, and it's yeah, amazing. No, they
2: me. they were they were definitely. I I think they were absolutely the the rejects from the other team. <laughs> There's no question. I mean, watching that first season and watching them play, that was a team that. When you'd watch them play, they were exciting to watch. They played like they had everything to prove and nothing to lose. I've never seen a team forecheck like that first-year Vegas Golden Knights team. They were in every corner. They were up the ice constantly, just all over other teams. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, like, wow, this is an amazing team. And I think part of it, too, was it was an amazing story at the start of that first season, um, you got to remember that just I think it was a week, maybe before the first home game was the October first shooting. Shooting, yeah, that's right. Yeah, which yeah. which was a, as as sad as it was. Um, I mean, it was an awful awful event. It brought the city together, and you really saw the good side of Las Vegas. You saw what people were capable of doing when they they put their minds to good and the team rallied around the city. They understood, hey, we are brand new here, um, but this is this is something that we want to help with. Um, And they did. Uh, They paid proper tribute to the situation and to the victims and they they got behind the city and the city rallied around the team mm-hmm. and and that was was absolutely incredible to see
1: yeah very very cool good for them
2: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and and i mean this, the the team did an amazing job too this was another thing just as a, an aside they did an amazing job of getting involved in the community prior to the launch of the season um they were hosting Hockey clinics and street hockey clinics and, you know, inviting kids to come down to these outdoor street hockey uh, venues and they were the players were there showing kids how to play hockey and handing out free hockey Uh sticks and T-shirts and and you know, they, they put a real big effort into getting involved in the community with that. They also put a huge effort into getting involved in the community, um, with trying to build minor hockey in Las Vegas, very similar to the way, I mean, Phoenix has tried to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, how, how many, 15, 20 years ago, who would have believed that the number one draft pick in the NHL would have been coming out of Phoenix? Right. I mean, it just, you never would have thought that with someone like Austin Matthews, but he was a perfect example of how that minor league hockey program developed in Phoenix. Who knows 15 years from now or whatever, we could be seeing a number one draft pick in the NHL coming out of the minor hockey system in Las Vegas. Yeah. That would be the, something.
0: Would the be Golden really cool. Knights
2: built that practice facility in, uh, in Summerlin that the city one arena that's, that's, you know, plays host not only to them as a practice team, but also plays host to tons of minor league hockey. And there's been several indoor rinks built around the town. So they have done a pretty incredible job of, uh, of trying to build a hockey culture in a city that, Is not known for it. And I think they've done a better job than other cities that theoretically have. I mean, yeah, Florida, as an example, the Florida Panthers. I mean, let's be honest, that team is, there's no reason in the world that they couldn't succeed there, really, if it was done correctly. It's not done correctly there at all they've made they have put zero effort into the community and into trying to to be a team there so i mean realistically what's happened in vegas could happen anywhere and hopefully it happens in seattle too well the coach the well he's not the coach anymore
0: uh but vegas's first coach was gerard gallant who was fired by florida another example of of bad management in florida but what's (laughs) interesting though is that the guy who built the team in Vegas with George McPhee, who uh, is the GM. And when they went to the finals that year, they faced his team from the previous year, which was the Washington Capitals that he also built, Uh which is pretty cool. Like you're the GM of a team that is in the Stanley cup finals, playing the team that you built that you are no longer (laughs) with from the year before. So I think the, the owners really did a good job at, at bringing in McPhee and, and having him really carefully select those players to put the product on the ice, which essentially gets uh. people in the seats, right? I mean, if if that doesn't happen, maybe we're we're not sitting here talking about,
1: and the nights as much as we are. But yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, yeah, for well, this, sure. This has been uh, this has been super great. Yeah, thank, thanks so much, Jeff, for coming on and chatting with us about uh, about the team. It's been uh, it's been cool. It makes me makes me want to go. Makes me want to go yeah. see the game
2: it's again, I can't recommend the experience enough let's go right now in all honesty. It, it's <laughs> Yeah. Let's go right let's now. Go right let's now. get We're on a plane. Well, let's go. Uh, yeah. I'm let's go. Why not? Yeah. Let's, Why not? Let's see. Yeah. It. I can hang right. around in Vegas until the first game. game? Like, November. I
0: can find things to do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate, I appreciate you guys having me on to, to chat about this. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's such a fun, experience it really is to well, to go to a game in Vegas and and to I mean, as a Canadian, it's always fun to go to Vegas anyways, but when you could throw in one of your, you know, your stereotypical Canadian pastimes and, and have fun. My next goal at some point will be to get down there to watch a night's game at bar Canada at the D oh, yeah. That'd be cool. hopefully I'd like to, I'd like to make <laughs> that happen. Maybe eat some poutine while I'm doing it, but, <laughs> but who knows? We'll have to see. <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, thanks That'd Jeff. That'd be cool. Uh, if you, uh, Go and check out Jeff's podcast at Jeff Jeff Does Vegas. That's his podcast. You can find him on any podcast platform. Um, And was it uh, jeffdoesvegas.com? Is that what it is? You got it. Perfect. the one. All right. Thanks, Jeff, for joining us. That's it for us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Any comments uh, for us, as as usual, unofficialvegaspodcast.com, or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at hashtag UVP. Thanks, guys. We're out. Ciao.